Hi, I'm Eric with Operation Save the Lou. We are hosting an evangelism outreach event, Wake Up STL, on September 17th at O'Fallon Park. We will share the gospel and love of Jesus with people in the community, attempting to reach many who are lost or stuck in a world of crime. Featuring a free concert of local St. Louis Christian hip-hop artists, guest speakers, raffles all day, and barbecue. But we need your help. We are in need of volunteers or donations. Please visit OperationSaveTheLou.com. That is OperationSaveTheLou.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. He is truly amazing. Yes. I am not forgotten. Never forsaken. Amen. We just thank God today that we can come worship in spirit and truth. We want to welcome those who are listening around the world to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We pray that you hear something that will encourage you by the scripture, inspire you by the Holy Spirit, and make you ask the question, what must I do to be saved? So you sit back, relax, grab your coffee, tea, or milk, and let's ride together on this Holy Ghost word. Amen. Amen. We thank God to be here today. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 So we're going to uh, go ahead and get started, uh, and we're going to have... Uh, I know she's ready. Uh, Minister K, come give us an exaltation. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Right. Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. I don't know about y'all to do today, but God is truly amazing. Yes. I say he is truly amazing. Yes. Now, I ain't finna talk about y'all, but if I'm talking about y'all, y'all just like God is amazing. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we get in our fifi. Well, Karen, you get in your fifi. <laughs> And, but God is amazing. Amen. Sometimes yeah. you get depressed, yeah. but God is amazing. Sometimes things come up against you, but God is still amazing. Sometimes people talk about you, but God is still amazing. Sometimes people put you down to the ground, but God is still amazing. We serve a mighty God. And I tell you, when we serve a mighty God, no matter what, we always talk about the things come up against us, but God is still able. He's able to do everything but fail. We serve a mighty God. In spite of the things that come up, God is still amazing. God is in, He's on the throne. God called us out of the uh, darkness into the marvelous light so that we are, we are called his friends. We are called his people. We have a work to do, and in spite of, we're going to do it. Because God is amazing. Amen. Well, I can keep going. I don't know. But I'm going to tell y'all something like this here. <laughs> I can't help. <laughs> I told him don't give me no mic. Because it's something about when you get a mic. And you want to tell somebody how good God is. God is amazing. I, I, I can't get enough of saying he's amazing. 
Because he, you know, he died for us. He went, he's going, he went through the same thing we going through. But even it was, it was, it was so much heavier. But when you serve a mighty God that went through whew, all the stuff that he went through. You can't do nothing but get up and give him some praise. I want y'all to give him a praise today. Because there's something about giving him a praise. Let him know, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for everything that I'm going through. Don't think you ain't going to go through nothing. Because God is amazing. He said he'll see you through. He said he will never leave you or forsake you. He said, don't worry about it, my child. I got you. I got you. You just got to remember that. Because he is amazing. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Lord, there's something about when that word tells you. He said, I ain't going to never leave you, girl. I'm with you always. Yeah. But sometime when the road get rough. Sometime when the road get so heavy. Sometime when the thing come up against you. You think God ain't with you. But he said, I'm with you at all times. Hold on to that. Because he said he'll never leave us. And he definitely will never forsake us. Don't let nothing. Nothing get in your way when you run in the race for Christ Jesus. Amen. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Yes. Trust in him. Faith over fear. Yes. Don't worry about it when it comes. I know we're going to worry about it, but what I mean is that, you know, you can worry about it for just a second. But just remember that you have faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. That he said he's with you at all times. Yes. That he'll help you get over that mountain. Uh -huh. He'll help you walk through that water. He'll help you. Yes. Just remember that. And for those of you who don't know him, I'm telling you, y'all, you got to get to know King Jesus. He ain't worried about what you're doing. He ain't worried about that because he used the weakest people. Amen. Through the weakest people. He, he shows people stuff. For those who think that they strong without Christ Jesus, he'll use the weakest vessel to show them something. Amen. Man. 
that you won't accept him. What you need to tell God is what can be done for me to be acceptable to you. And he's going to say nothing, but I did it for you. See, I, I get tired of people thinking that they got a God-sized hole in their heart. No, you don't. Your heart is sinful. Your heart is wicked. Your heart is desperately wicked and sinful, and who can know it? The Bible says man's troubles go up as the sparks fly up with that. Yeah, I don't understand us. We always want to make it about us. We just say a song, it's not about us. It's about him. And what he's done to help us come to him. He came down for us. To be what we could not be. For us. And yet still, you got to be, he got to be acceptable to you. That was the Jews' problem. The Jews' problem, God, the God that came and they knew about, read about, and had a relationship with, didn't come down the way they wanted. All they saw was, we need to get back into the Davidic line of power. But see, God didn't come to put you back in power. Not this time. But God came back to regain what was lost in that. He wanted to regain the relationship with you. But he had to establish it. Not you. How can you establish something when you're dead in your sins and trespasses? A dead man don't know nothing. So God had to do something to put you in position and re redo your condition so that you can have a relationship with him. So I don't think I don't I don't come to God saying, God, I accept you. I say, God, I don't I can't be accepted. So unless you do it, it ain't gonna be done. Unless you die, I can't be saved. So I say, well, Pastor, where are you going with this? I, I'm trying to get you to understand some things, saints, about being humble. We got to learn to be humble. And only through humility can we have a relationship with God because humility puts God in his place and puts us in ours. And he told us, he said that he would exalt the humble and resist the pride. He said that pride goes before the fall. So what we got to be careful with our wording and our sentimentality, don't make yourself so big God can't save you. Don't make him have to be acceptable to you. You got to find out what he did to make you acceptable to him. I know we say it out of tradition. We, You know, God, I receive you, I receive you, I receive you. You better let him receive you. <laughs> Go back and read the wedding feast story. He went out in the highways and byways and got people. One came in and he, and he asked his attendants, uh, I, I told you the people that should have came didn't come, but I told you to go out into the countryside and get people. And they came, but then one came in and was not prepared. And he said, why does he have a wedding garment on well, the story alludes to he wanted to come just like he wanted to come, and he wanted God to accept him, the master to accept him like he's supposed to accept him. You can't come to my wedding dressed any kind of way. You need an attire. And they were willing to give him the attire because everybody else had it on, but the thing about it is he didn't want it on. 
See, you can be in church and not be the church. You can come to the place and not occupy the space. Let's open our Bibles. Let's look at this humility thing. Freedom, we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 6. I'm going to wait and preach this old month. We, 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 uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. Through 22 through 23. Now, I want to give you some background on this first because it's more important than I build the build the building. Jesus has come, he has preached a sermon, and his first sermon, what they wanted to do was they wanted to not. They thought he was amazing because nobody spoke with that kind of authority. But when he pointed out that they were blind, when he pointed out they were the missing, they were the ones that were sick, they were the ones that were the discarded, they got mad at him because what, what he pointed out to them is that even though you don't understand this, this is who you are, but since you don't want to believe who you are, God will take his blessing somewhere else. Right. To somebody who's willing to accept God like he truly is. Yeah. So he went to the widow at Zarephath. He did the he did uh Haman the leper and they were mad and then after all that good preaching and because he identified them as being the one who lacked they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Luke 4 to 29. Yeah. See when it's about everybody else you good but when it's about you you ready to get rid of the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that. See, I, I, I get that. I understand. Like Karen said, it's about you. It's about you. But see, don't make it about you to them too much because what happens is they get they get they feel some kind of way. But why why do you feel some kind of way if, if it's not about you? Yeah. If it's about the God who loves you enough to take you like you are and say, "Come to me and I'll give you rest," then why don't you come and don't worry about being pointed out? Jesus. Let's look at it. All right, Freedom. 6.20-23. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. So in this rendition of the Beatitudes, that are more specific in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Luke sums it up. You have to remember, Matthew was there. Luke wasn't there. Luke did an investigative forensic report after the fact. Right. So he gathered this information, and he has four blessings and four woes. Mm -hmm. And you know, the first one starts off like, blessed are the poor, right. for they shall inherit this kingdom of God. Then he says, blessed are the hungry, for they're going to be satisfied. Now, you, you, you understand that, that that's counterintuitive to the way we think. Right. Because poor is not fun. No. Come on, come on, y'all. For those of us who, who had, you know, paid all our bills and we only got $2 left in the account and it has to last till next payday. Well, come on, man. At that point, you poor. 
And sometimes if you don't have a, 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 a the thing that they, 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 they'll pay it anyway, but you count going to the negative. Overdraft right. protection. Them checks start bouncing off the wall. You be shaking. You done made a payment arrangement with the electric company, and you know you done wrote a bounce check. That's when you know you're poor. Hungry. In America, a lot of us don't know what it's like to really be hungry. We just want to eat. <laughs> what we want, when we want, prepare it how we want. We don't know what it's like when your navel is touching your ribs. And it go past your ribs and hits your spine. That's hungry. Hungry is when you're so hungry, you, when food is put in front of you, you're scared to eat it because you want to last for a long time. But he say, blessed are those who are poor. So then what we would think is there would be some advantage to being financially poor. And then what we would think is there's some fight, there's there's some blessing to being hungry without food. But see, we got to dig a little deeper to this because we know this counterintuitive for us to even think. Our minds can't even imagine being blessed and being poor. We say it, but let's understand we don't want it. Who want to be poor and hungry? Nobody in their American right mind. Not in the land of the plenty. Not in the land of the big gulp. And the super size. No, 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 no. Don't tell me that. Not in the place where you can spend $2 and win $500 million. We all, some of us want to be rich. But see, let me see what the Bible says. Because it's not a blessing to be poor or rich because being poor or rich financially does not commend you to God. Being poor doesn't get you in and being rich doesn't get you in. But we spend a lot of time trying to alleviate poverty as if alleviating poverty is going to get somebody somewhere as far as close to God. You will never be able to eliminate the poverty of this world because it's part of the world system. What is rich? It used to be a million dollars was rich. Now we got billionaires. So much money they couldn't spend it in a hundred lifetimes. But see, what is it to gain? The whole world and lose your soul. But the Bible is clear. Let's see what the Bible says. Go to Proverbs, verse 30, 7 and 8, where God talks, where, where this man talks about, uh, just don't, give me what I need. And and, 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 and and don't make me poor and don't make me rich. Let's see what the Bible says. Go ahead and read. Uh, Proverbs 30, verse 7 and 8. Two things I ask of you. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Let's see what it says. Deny them not to me before I die. So this man wants these two things. Before he died, he said, but Lord, don't deny it from me. What did, what did he say? Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Mm -hmm. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Uh -huh. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So he's saying, look, 
If I'm poor, I may go steal. And if I'm rich, I'm going to think I did it and I'm going to blaspheme God. Haven't you noticed rich people don't care nothing about God? Because they got so much, they think God has blessed them to have it. And they'll go, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. and But that don't mean nothing to God. The wise man say, you know, don't give me too much. Because I see people who have too much, they do too much. But don't make me poor, because if I'm so poor, I might steal. Lord, just give me my daily bread. Give me what I need today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Yeah. I can't eat tomorrow's food because I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. I can only eat and drink what's before me. So don't make me rich. Because I might forget about you. But don't make me poor because I'm going to steal and do something I ain't supposed to do. So just give me what I need today. But Lord, and Lord, what I really need is more of you. Give me the bread of life. Give me the Holy Spirit. Make me just even. Make me just satisfied. We just got to think about those things when we're going through. They neither give us riches nor poverty. No, don't, don't, Lord, just don't do that, Lord. Don't, don't, don't just give us what we think we need. Give us what we need. Don't give us what we want. Because a lot of times what we want, take it from me, is not what I need. That's right. You know. See, we need to learn to be humble. So the first part of Luke chapter 6 is blessed are the poor. Now, if you run over to Matthew chapter 5, Run over to Matthew chapter 5. Mm -hmm. It's deeper than that. So we, we got past the money thing. So God can't be talking about the money thing based on the scripture we just read. So you're not blessed because you're poor financially. Let's see who are the blessed of being poor. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, I think it's in verse 3. Look what it says. Yep. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, Matthew gives us more detail. And see, I'm just going to talk about the two today. Humble and hungry. Blessed are the poor where? In spirit. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. He didn't say what you get in heaven. He said the kingdom belongs to you. See, a lot of times you're trying to get the things in the kingdom and God say, you can have the kingdom. Give me the kingdom. Because the kingdom come with the things. So he, what he said is, blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, when Jesus came and he preached his first sermon, it was out of Isaiah 61 and 1, where he talked about why he came to help the poor, to help the lost, to help those who are blind, to help those who are downtrodden, to help those who are rejected. So what you got to do is admit who you are in that category. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, until you get become poor in spirit, you will never have the relationship with God that you have. That you could have, that he wants to have with you. He wants you to know how bankrupt you are without him. 
You are poor in spirit. You bring nothing to the table to have a relationship with God but bankruptcy. God has the let's start over plan. See, God has a plan that says, no matter how poor you are in spirit, I'm here to raise you up. Yes. I'm here to lift you up. But first you have to admit to me that you need me because you're poor in spirit. Not because you want a whole bunch of stuff. Not because you want your family saved. You need to make sure you say. See, you got to come and be humble before God. Quit trying to make other people humble when you ain't bowed your knee yet. See, I, I know that we do that because the way we start off our prayers a lot of times is not exhorting God and coming to him with what we want. But God is asking the church, when is the last time you gave me some praise and some glory first? Versus coming to me and talking about what you're supposed to get from me. So the humble, what, and what does humility look like? What does humility look like? Humility is simply just understanding that you're nothing without God. I'm nothing without God. I, 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 I can't breathe without God. I can't speak without God. I have to understand that he's on the throne and I'm not. I got to understand that even though I can do some things that may be godly, I'm not God. I need to come to him humble all the time because I don't deserve nothing he gives me. He gives everything to you by grace. The contract to help you is not between you and him. It's between him and the father. It's because him and the father have a contract. You were the, you got redeemed because he was obedient to the end, not because you was obedient. <laughs> he purchased you. But then you can flip it around as if God's supposed to work for you. And the Bible is, talks about a servant. And it's talking about the servant who comes in from the field. And the servant comes in the field, the master say, still make my plate. Now, if that was y'all, you have an attitude. How's what you mean I got to make your plate? And I done came in from working for you. But see, the Bible puts everything in perspective. The Bible says, at best, on their best day, Thank God they got a job that they come in from. And then the best thing you need to say is, at best, I'm an unworthy servant. Even the lady who came to meet Jesus said, hey, I know you came to the Jews. And I know you came to them. But even a dog eats the crumbs of the master's table. See, that's humility. Humility is not looking at you. Or looking at me and going lower than me. Humility is understanding who God is and bowing your knee. Amen. See, we have to learn how to be humble to receive anything from God. Look at uh look at Isaiah 66 and 2. And God begins to talk about all the things that He's made. With, he said, look around. Look at all the things I made. But just one thing I'm searching for. Read. All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one who, one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. 
So God is saying, look at all this stuff I made. But I don't look at what stuff I made to bow down to me. What I'm looking for is somebody who has a contrite spirit, a spirit of contrition. And you say, well, pastor, what does contrition mean? That means a spirit that's not all about itself all the time. A spirit of contrition says, I'm going to sacrifice what I want to do because I want to do what God would have me do. A contrite spirit means you get up and come to church. All right, y'all ain't going to want to see you. See what I'm saying? When he hits you, you don't even want to talk about that. Okay, let me, let me put it this way. He's blessed you to have a nice car, a nice job, and money in your pocket. He's blessed you to eat. One hour. One hour. Can't you just fellowship with the saints? One hour. Can you be contrite enough to say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about my saints. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to come to church to fellowship with them because guess what? Like Karen said, maybe, just maybe, Mother Golson got something I need today. Amen. Maybe, just maybe, I might have something you may need today. So I'm willing to humble myself and be contrite enough in spirit to say, you know what? I'm going to think more of others than myself. Yeah. I'm going to respect the time of God, the time with God. In prayer and supplication and giving and all that I have, God, I know I wouldn't have it unless you lose in my life. Some of us are running on other people's contriteness. Some of us are running on the humbleness of other people. But the only problem with that is you get so used to running on somebody else's blessing, somebody else's spirit, that when it comes to God and knowing you, He's gonna say, I don't even know you. He's gonna say, Well, well, you know, I knew a uh, sister, brother, so and so, and you know, I, I'm, I'm their third and fourth cousin on the on their mama side, and and I knew they went to church and I knew they worship God. But he said, "What about you? Mm. I've actually blessed you with more physical stuff you can see than I blessed them, but you want to come in on their post spirit. Mm. You want to come in where you would never go." Yeah, we might not have everything. But Lord, thank you that you gave me a humble heart. I might not be able to do everything. I might not be the best preacher, the best teacher, but God, I know where I'm at in Christ Jesus. I'm humbled with the love that you've shown me. And see, these are the prerequisites for a saved person. A saved person is humble. Somebody always asks me, well, how can you tell somebody saved? Look for humility. Don't look for the ministry. Look for the humility. Because you can fake the ministry. But you can't fake being humble. Because there's always going to be a telltale sign that you're not. You know you met that person that do something for you. And say I'm just doing it because I love you. And then five years later. They remind you what they did. At the time for five years. You thought they were doing something for you for humility. All they was doing trying to set you up to owe them something. Some people do stuff to owe people stuff. So they can say, I did this for you, so you need to do this for me. See, those of us who are children of God, we never have that kind of relationship. Our relationship is we do because we love. Why? Because he loved us first. See, I can't get beyond his love. That's why Paul said, if you don't have love, you don't have anything. 
The reason why he says that is because it's the love that should have brought you home last night. <laughs> and I don't mean your house, I mean to Jesus. Because yeah. Christ, because the because Jesus is our home, right? right, right. So love should have brought you home last night. <laughs> I understand that. So the first thing we need is what? Humility. Say it with me. We need what? Humility. Now. What humility does is empty you out. Humility empties you out. Humility is God emptying himself to become a man. God emptied himself out. He was still God, but when he emptied himself out of his godly prerogatives to save you, wouldn't it be nice to set down who I think I am? And be all God says I am to save somebody else. See, who I think I am can't save nobody. That's why I played that song. He knows your name. See, because he knows my name and he identify myself in Christ Jesus, then that means what I do is relinquish who I am and say, God, I need to be who you want me to be and I'm willing to bow my knee to be who you can be so I can save somebody else. Paul said that I become all things to all people to save what? Some. Don't worry about everybody. Just say some. Some is more than one. Yourself. So Jesus tells us and Paul gives us some. Go to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5. Read verse 21. Let's see what Paul says. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. For whose sake? Our sake. Oh. So God made his son sin who knew no sin for our sake. See how God loved you? Dirty, rotten scoundrel. He, he, does, he did it for you. He did it for me. He didn't say, you know what, I had to be a certain kind of way. That was a joke that was told I heard. Somebody asked a preacher that was coming up. They say, so uh, how do you relate to God? And the preacher said, the preacher say, well, I did my part and he did his part. And they said, well, we got you now. You ain't getting promoted. Mm. What you mean you did your part? He said, well, God did the saving. He's like, okay, y'all get down with that, right? God do did the saving. They said, well, what's your part? He said, I did the sinning. <laughs> That's your point. Yeah. Your point is you've done just enough yeah. to need a savior. Yeah. See, I'm talking to somebody who just done enough yeah. to need a savior. I ain't talking about somebody that's always so bad. I'm talking about that person who think they good but not. <laughs> They've done enough lying in that to need a savior. Yeah. <laughs> so God, who do no sin, Jesus can't sin for us. Keep reading. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So that in him, not outside of him, in him, that we might become the who? Righteousness, righteousness of God. So it's called imputed righteousness. That means you didn't deserve it, you didn't earn it, you didn't pay for it, that God gave it to you because he paid for it. See, there is a works-based salvation, but he did the work. It's free to you, but it cost him his life. 
So he knew no, the one who knew no sin became sin for you. So you can be. That's a guarantee. The righteousness of Christ. What does that mean? You have all the privileges that a king's kid is supposed to have. You have the kingdom. He said, bless all the poor, for, the, for they have this kingdom of heaven. He says, the righteousness of Christ is in being part in Christ. So you have access to the kingdom. Romans 5 and 1 tells us that we have, we have gained peace with God through his blood by faith. And therefore, we have access to him. See, you can't, have, you can't get to God unless you come through humility. You have to be humble. You have to, have to bow down. Go to Colossians. 3.12. And, and see, so we know that we become the righteous now. Now let's see what it says what we have to do. Go ahead, read. Colossians 3.12. Put on then. Put on. Bow the knee. Be in Christ Jesus. Become the righteousness of Christ. And now you got to put on something. Y'all better get this. You got to put on something, saints. See, you just can't meet the Jesus I know and come back any kind of way. See, when I meet somebody who say they met Jesus, I just watch them. Where's the humility? Where's the imputed righteousness in their life? Where's the putting on what? As God's chosen one. As God's chosen one, what are we going to put on? Holy and beloved. Uh-huh. Compassionate hearts. Compassionate hearts. Kindness. Kindness. Humility. Humility. Whoop. There that word. Humility. Go ahead. Meekness. Meekness. And patience. And patience. Saints, you determine how much that you're going to put on every day. But it's called the fruit of the spirit, isn't it? Yeah. You have access to one of the most powerful things on earth because it's given by the Holy Spirit that lives in you. You can activate humility, kindness, patience, love, generosity, all of that. All you have to do is understand you are the righteousness of Christ. All you have to understand, he did something to make you the righteous of Christ. You have to appreciate what was done for you on the cross. You had to love what he did for you on the cross so much that, see, law don't stop you from sinning. All law do is condemn you. Law makes you say, I am gonna, I'm not going to do it no more, and you do it anyway. Law makes you overpromise and underperform. But when love come in, what you say is, I love you so much, Lord, I can't let you down. I won't let you down. Just fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'll walk in the Spirit, not by, but in, I won't walk in the flesh. I'll walk by faith and not by sight. See, when love is in the picture, trust me, you won't let nobody down. Because your word is from love because he gave his word to you. When you give your word to somebody else, it should mean something. Because you give your word out of love. And I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so we see that we have to must put on. We have a choice to put on every day. You don't have to ask for what you already got. Sometimes we ask for something that God has already gave us. That's why you don't get no answer. Because mm -hmm. God is saying, I already gave it to you. Mm -hmm. I took you to the good suit store, the good dress store, and I gave you the robe of righteousness. What are you asking me for? Mm -hmm. 
When you ask me, why are you asking me to teach you how to be kind? Why are you asking me? I gave it to you. I showed you an example of kindness on the cross. Why do you keep asking me for these things that you've already supposed to have? Amen. So the problem is not him giving, it's you understand that you got it already. Let's go to hunger. I think that's uh, Matthew chapter 5. I think it's in verse, what is that, 3 to verse 8 or 9? It may be even 10. Let's see about the hunger. So we're not talking about a natural hunger. Let's see what, what it says. What is it, Matthew 5, 8? Blessed are the hunger and those who thirst. Uh, six. six. All right, read it. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed those who hunger for what? Right, for righteousness. For thirst, hunger and thirst for righteousness. So the humble people, now that they have poured out Minister K, now that they got rid of themselves, now that they, 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 they got lost and they don't know, they're empty now. They're like the prodigal son. When he came to himself, he was empty. So what are you going to look for? Righteousness. See, when you're humble and you pour out of self and you get into God, there's a hunger that's created. Because you just can't be humble because if you just be humble, you're missing something. You got to be humble and hungry. You got to want what God has for you and you got to hunger for it. Because if you hunger for it, you'll go get it. Some of y'all, it does a sale on. <laughs> you waiting right now to get out of here and go to the labor day session. <laughs> You've been waiting. 50 to 60% off. You waiting to go get that meal. Two meals for 10 bucks. But, you just, but what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to say is, what God, when you in God, y'all, when you've been humbled by God, he just don't leave you humble. He creates a hunger for him. See, when you know God has been so good to you, you just hunger for God. I look for God all the time. I look for God when I walk around the park. I look for God when I meet people. I look for God when, when a man showed up, and I, and I said this on a, on a video I did, I'm walking around the park, I always walk around, beautiful park. But the thing about it, it took somebody else who hasn't been where I've been, doesn't know where I'm walking, and say, you know what? This is beautiful because God made it. And it made me stop in my tracks and say, you know what? You sure is right. Sometimes we get too familiar with the blessings of God. So, But when you're hungry for righteousness, it's something that you'll never, ever, ever, ever get tired of, but you'll be satisfied. Best those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. You don't have to pray for this. That's a fact if you're in Christ Jesus. All your satisfaction is in Jesus. He got everything you want and everything you really need. You don't need to ask nobody. You don't need nobody to lay hands on you to get you to understand Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. You got to start believing that fact yes. by faith. Yes. Yes. You got to believe great is he that's in you, that's he that's in this world. You got to believe these things. And Jesus said, go to John 
7 and 37. And Jesus, after the so-called feast, and it's the time of the water service. And you know, the Israelites did a lot of washing and a lot of drinking. And, and, and they were celebrating the feast. And Jesus looked at it, cried out. He said, he said, what did he say, Frida? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts, don't go to that no more. Come to me and drink. So what did Jesus say? Jesus didn't have no bucket of water, no cooler with him. What Jesus said is, that which you drink that's natural will never satisfy you. But that what I have to give you will satisfy you for the rest of your life. He told the woman at the well that. He said, if you knew the water I have for you, you would never be thirsty anymore. And what we do was go out and tell people, if you just knew the God that I know, the Jesus that died for me on the cross, I will, you would never, ever be thirsty and hungry anymore. The humility drives my hunger. The humility drives my thirst. And Jesus just said, hey, look. He said loud. Hey, hey, y'all not satisfied? Come to me. I got something for you. No, it's not like the water that was in the well. It's not like the water that's in the river. It's not like the water that's in the bottle. But it's better than that because the water I give you is everlasting. The well never runs dry. You don't even know you have to pay for it. I paid for it all. See, I, I, I died and rose again so you can have this living water. So you can be planted by the tree, planted like a tree, and your roots go deep in the living water. So that's why when the waves of life come, you are so hungry, so satisfied, so humble, that nothing can knock you down. Amen. Nothing can knock you down. Because you're hungry and you're humble. You're humble and you're hungry. You can't have one without the other. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're thirsty, go to him. Look at Isaiah 55 and 1, and I'm done. And we're going to do last two, the last two next week. Go ahead. Isaiah 55 and 1. This, we're still on hunger. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. So he's telling you, you don't even need no money, y'all. I just told you that, didn't you? He said, come on, come on. You ain't got to come. It's already paid for. You come and drink it. You can come and eat. You can come partake of this. Yeah, I know you've been told that you got to do something. I know you've been told that you got to come forward. I know you've been told all these things. But what I see in Scripture is he done did it all. And all you got to do is believe and come. You put on the robe of righteousness when you get humble and you, you get humble and hungry. See, when you get humble and hungry, they got to put something on you because you're going to lose a little weight. So you get that robe of righteousness. But Jesus wants you to come. He wants you to come just like you are because you already did the work to come. You the son. You don't have to be the saint. You become the saint. But everybody's a sinner. And that's what I love about Jesus. There's no levels. There's just sinners and saints. Pastors or sinners. 
popes are sinners, bishops are sinners, and they're all sinners saved by the same grace that God saved you with. So don't look at them as if they're better than you. Don't look at me as if I'm better than you. I am humble enough and smart enough to understand I want to keep receiving what God has through humility and hunger. Yeah. Yes. So I want you to think about that. How hungry are you? How humble are you? If you have to tell me how humble that you're humble, you're not humble. But really, saints, our job is to show the world that there's more to God than just things. There's a lifestyle that we can live that's holy and acceptable in Christ Jesus. We can live a sanctified life. Not the superficial sanctification. Not the robe-wearing, tongue-talking, all that sanctification. I'm talking about the sanctification that'll give his enemy a cup of water. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the sanctification that'll reach out to a, a fellow brother or sister in Christ and say, what do you need today? What can I do for you today? Nobody else has to know. I'm talking about the one who recognizes somebody's sick and make that phone call to check on them. That's what God wanted us to do. God wants us to be hungry and humble and realize what he did for us and then be willing to do it for others. You may be the person Jesus wants to use to save somebody. But you have to be willing to go low as you can, even lower than them, so they can see how God has exalted you. So are you hungry? Are you humble? Only life will know. Only your life will tell. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for showing us how to be humble and what we need to be saints. Before we can bear any fruit, we have to come to you in humility and be hungry and have a contrite spirit. Lord, teach us this example because you gave this to your disciples, the students. So Lord, let us learn about this humility. Let us be willing to show people how much we love them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you heard something that will encourage you, inspire you, and uplift you. And we always want to do what? Walk in truth. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you, consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed, and appreciated.